0: The bracha which follows the uh, bracha of Malchsinim, B'kataminim, is a bracha about tzaddikim and chassidim. Ale tzaddikim, ale Yisrael, al peyta sof ha'ayin, al gey ha tzaddik, va'leinu yamunah rachamecha shem alokina. Offhand, if the previous bracha is about punishment for the evil, this bracha is about reward for the righteous, but. What I argued last week was that the previous Baha is not about punishment for evil, for evildoers, for for sinners. But it was about destruction of the power of evil in the world. And once you say that, then our Baha this week becomes somewhat more difficult. What 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 are we asking for exactly that? Why 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 are we interested that the tzaddikim should get Sakha? Of course they get Sakha, that that's what God promised. But what is it to do with the, 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 the war of God on evil as part of the process of the Geula, which will continue at B'yat HaMashiach. Uh, what are we asking for for the Tzadikim? And why are we asking for it? If we look at the B'chad, we see that there is an, something extra. Other than asking for rachamim, asking for mercy, a list of good people To the list of good people there's a group called Kol Habotchim Give a good reward for all those who trust in you in truth And from that point on we find that the notion of trust of bitachon becomes very major in this bha. We should not be disappointed, we should not be embarrassed, for we have we have faith, we have trust in you. And the Khatima itself is Mishan la the God to whom this Baha is addressed is the support and the trust of the Tzadikim. It would appear, it becomes apparent that the Bechah is in some way about the notion of Pitachon. In fact, in the Yushalmi, which we quoted last week, and the same Daf, this Bechah, the name of the Baha, is called Miftach Latzadikim. That's the name of the bracha. The, the trust, the object of trust of the tzaddikim. And therefore I think in order to understand this bracha, we have to understand the meaning of the word and That will be our next, uh, our next job. Bitochon is a midatova. It's one of the virtues that a man has to acquire. There's a discussion for the last hundreds of years about the relationship between the obligation to trust in God and the obligation or necessity to do things on your own, to to solve one's problems, to use the means that are given to us in this world to accomplish our goals. In uh, the Musa literature, this is known as the conflict of Bitochan and Stadlut, making efforts or having trust. In in religious literature, in, in Jewish religious literature, there's a tendency to speak of Bitach as being one of the highest of all of all virtues. And and this can lead sometimes, and in, in certain parts of the literature, specifically I think the non-Jewish parts of the literature, uh, this leads could lead to passivity or to its nicer name to pacifism if you trust in God if you have true trust in God then you don't even try nor should you try and perhaps it's also to try to change things on your own after all the argument goes if God wants it to take place it will take place if he doesn't want it to take place then nothing you can do can change it we're probably most familiar with this in the area of, of, of health where there are certain Kinds of sects in, in Protestantism and in other forms of Christianity, or takeoffs on Christianity, which which don't go to doctors, because if you're sick, it's from God, and if God wants you to be well, you'll be well. If he wants you to be sick, you'll be sick. If he wants you to die, you'll die. And the only thing you should do is to have faith in God, which is what, which arises faith healing. But the doctors are somehow an affront to God's power in the world. But the truth is, it applies to other areas as well. And and even if it's obvious that Judaism more or less rejects pacifism, non-intervention, but I think it's still true that there is a an influence in the direction of not taking human endeavors all that seriously. What, are, what, are, what is all that man does? What is it worth when everything dependent on God and he who has trust in God will, will turn out okay in the end anyhow. So there are stronger and weaker forms of this the Jewish tradition. Uh, I think it's fair to say that normative Jewish tradition rejects having simple-minded Bittachon in God, not doing anything. But uh, the exact nature of the relationship has been subject to debate and discussion and analysis as I pointed out for hundreds of years. Um, For instance... I once heard, and I think this reflects a a common opinion in the yeshiva world today, I once heard of one of the great mashkichim of the previous generation, uh, who had a habit of every Friday going and buying a lottery ticket. And he was asked why he did it. He answered, he said, you know, panasa, my livelihood, depends on God. But there's a mitzvah, God has commanded us, to also do hishtadloth, to make an effort. So therefore, I fulfill that command, I make an effort, I buy a lottery ticket. Now everything is dependent on God. I think this is an example of, well, giving what appears to be lip service to the idea of taking responsibility and making an effort. But it's treated as being a that There's like a zelat of God has made a decree that he won't help you unless you help yourself. But there's no real connection between you helping yourself and what takes place, and therefore it's enough to do something. So he would buy a lottery ticket, the chances of him winning were one in seven million. Okay? But he, Yatsai Yidei Chovah, he had fulfilled his obligation not to be idiotically dependent on God. He'd given God a method, a, a, a petach, a, a open window in which to enter. In the end, he said, everything is dependent on God. And... And of course, if you look at the Tanakh, there are so many psukim which really say, <speaking> the <name> <God> obviously the Torah teaches that everything is dependent on God. the famous siphon, Yitzhak, was one of the first people, I think, to point out uh, the idea that effort, or responsibility, taking total responsibility with the means that are in my hands for myself and for my environment, is a religious obligation. Yiddishkeit requires one. It doesn't agree that you should do things, but that it would it would it would be it would ruin Yiddishkeit. It would ruin our place in the world, the relationship to God, if it wasn't true that. I have to take responsibility, and I have the means and capability of taking responsibility. His point was that free will, is the centerpiece of Avodat Hashem. A human being, as opposed to animals, as opposed to things, standing before God, is because he has free will. But, the Akedat Yitzhak pointed out, free will is meaningless unless I have a real means of effecting a goal. If I'm standing by the lake and someone's drowning, and the Pasuk says, You are not allowed to ignore the danger to your friend. If I have to choose whether to jump in and save him or not, if I make the religious argument, if God wants him to die, I won't be able to save him. If God wants him to live, I don't have to save him. Then you won't jump into the water there will be no reason for you to jump into the water. It makes no difference whether you jump in or not. If you really believe it makes no difference whether you jump in or not, then your choosing to jump in or not is also a meaningless decision. What gives your choice significance, you have free choice, but the significance of the free choice is that his life is dependent on you. You're choosing whether to kill him or to save him. You're not choosing whether to jump in or not to jump in. That's not a moral choice. That's not a significant choice. It's not a religious choice. It's not a choice that has value or meaning. The, the thing which makes you into a moral being, into someone who is obeyed Hashem, is that you choose whether or not to endanger your own life to save him, or to play it safe and let him die. But if the results are not on your head, as the Pasuk says, Damo, Mimchan Nidrash, his blood will be demanded of you. If his blood is not on your head, then you haven't made a moral choice at all. Since obviously, the academics, Thak points out, the Torah is about human beings having moral choice, then it's necessary that the world in which they live be one in which the results will be their responsibility. Bad results will be your fault and good results will be your merit. And that requires us to more or less ignore any argument about God's ultimate control and ultimate responsibility for the world. Practically speaking, there is no meaning to human freedom if we don't have the real possibility to act and the real possibility to change the results, that is, the results of our actions, should 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 in fact take place. Give you another example: if every time I pull a trigger and shoot somebody, God decides whether he should die or not on the basis of God's decisions. If he's a tzaddik, God will save him. If he's a Russia, God will kill him. Then I don't have any free will. That really, psychologically or practically, there's no free will in my shooting. Because when I shoot, it's not I who is killing him. It's God's later decision. Sadiqim so can fix things and Hashem can ruin things. Otherwise there's no point in being a or a Rasha. And therefore, the Akhidati Sraq says, it was necessary. God deliberately created a world with natural law, with with a connection between striking a match and burning down the house. And that's built into the system, or else it wouldn't be a system in which we would have, there would be any purpose for us to live in. God, because He has spiritual demands of us, created a world that's objective. Has objective laws, objective causes, and objective effects. And, I once heard, I don't remember who said it, Chesed that said, somebody asked if it's true Chazal state that everything that was created was created for a purpose so I know there's heresy in the world there's apikoset what's the purpose of apikoset? All right, the question is not that great a question it's a chasidish question but the answer I think is a brilliant answer the answer he gave was that what's the purpose in apikoset? when a person is called upon he faces a situation which he has to make a moral choice at that second he has to be an apikos. You have to not believe for, for that one second, for the purpose of the action, you have to, so to speak, ignore your belief in God. You have to not really believe in God. On the contrary, believe that it's dependent only on you, that you have ultimate strength and ultimate ability to decide now. And that's what gives you a moral action meaning. So without a little bit of the world would be the world would be lacking. That's exactly the point that I'm trying to make. Now, you so say, if that's true, that means that God has said, you know, the world works. I don't interfere. So, what happened to the midata bitachon? What happened to the attribute of trust? You can't trust in God. You can only trust in natural law. So, the usual answer is that trust begins after you've done the best you can. The example always given you're sick, you go to the doctor. You have to go to the doctor. You go to the doctor, you do what the doctor says. When you do, what the doctor says, when you take the medicine, when you undergo the operation, then at that point you have to be because you know that God can undo or do, can help or hinder what's going on, and therefore at that point begins the begins the bitachon. The example, the Achedat is found the Pashad and it refers exactly to what Yaakov did. Yaakov prepared his camp for war. He prepared by sending a. A present, a an attempt to appease a sav, and then he prayed. First, you do everything you can. Then you realize that after you finish doing everything, as though it was only me and there is no God, then you say, "But of course, I know the truth is the other way around." Then you start speaking to God. That's an answer about what to do, but I still, I think, it still leaves open the question of what does Bitochon mean. How does, in fact, our actions and our efforts uh, merge, mesh, with the uh, ultimate and infinite power of God over everything? I think for that reason we have to give a slightly different answer to what Bitachon means. The usual definition of Bitachon is trust in God, that He will take care of you, that He will provide for you. I don't think that's what Bitachon means. One is I don't think there's any reason why you should trust in God that He will give you whatever you want. Why should he? Why does he have to do that? Is it a is it a attribute that we should trust in God even though there's no basis for? it? And secondly, I wonder whether that's even a Middah Tova, a person who is sure that God will take care of him. Sounds to me like Gaiva. Sounds to me like pride. Why 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 are you thinking you're deserving of that? Why is that in fact a good a good attribute? I think the correct definition is somewhat different. A man has to decide in any given case, any given situation, he has to make a crucial decision. What's the right thing to do? Not what do I want, but what is the right thing to do. It's very easy to know what I want much hard to know what is the right thing to do which because I have to neutralize all my inclinations, my personal uh, uh, desires, what's good for me, I have to get rid of the bribery it's the, called an evil negiot my my personal interest very difficult to decide what's the right thing to do, how do you do that? You decide you use your brain, you, you, you check the Torah, you get advice you have to sweat it out and decide what's the right thing to do. Secondly, you have to decide what's the method to achieve that. The method depends on natural law. You have to acquire the means. If the right thing to do is to buy a drug, then you have to make sure, then you have to get the money to buy it. You have to go to work to get the money to buy it. Those are decisions you have to make. When you do that, That's when Bittachon starts. Not that aniboteach that God will provide. If you've done your work right, if you've been committed to only making the right decision in the right method, in other words, you've taken responsibility for the world in front of you, then it is justified to have absolute trust in God that He will make sure your decision turns out to be right. What does that mean? If you made the right decision, that will help you uh, achieve. If you made the wrong decision, which is perfectly possible because you're only human, then you can have trust in God that He will prevent your decision from taking place. I have no bitach that God me everything I want, but if I have done my part, which is what the Akkadati Yitzchak describes. I have treated the world as though it were totally my responsibility, then God helps me with that. How does he help me? He says, if you take responsibility for the world, then I will I will make sure what is my responsibility? You've taken responsibility to make sure that the world is good, then I will make sure the world is good. If you're right, then you'll succeed. If you're wrong, God will prevent it from taking place. So in fact, God doesn't always give me what I want something gives me the exact opposite. Why? Because I made a mistake. I think this only applies if you really had trust in God, not afterwards, the whole time you were trusting God. But what does it mean to have trust in God? With the question as framed by the Muslim of Bitochon against Hishtadlet, I think what the Yitzchak teaches us is that it's not versus, it's the same thing. Bitochon is the Hishtadlet. If a person trusts in God, meaning, That he's committed to doing that which God wants. He's committed to doing, arranging the world according to the, according to the good, according to the ethical, according to the moral, according to God's desires, according to the Torah. Everything about him, that's what he wants to have done. Of course, you still have to think a lot about what that means, practically speaking. It's not always so simple. But if that's your commitment, if you're working for God, then God stands behind you. I think if you're not working for God, if you don't have bitachon in that sense from the beginning, then it's also not muftach. It's also not guaranteed. If you do whatever you feel like doing, then you might very well succeed and it'll be bad. Maybe you won't succeed and that's too bad. But why, why does God have to finish for you what you haven't started doing? Bitachon is not the other side Of what the Akedat Yitzhak describes, it is what the Akedat Yitzhak describes. God gave us a world and said to us, take responsibility for it. And if you do, then God makes sure that you won't, you won't pay a price for that. You won't lose. Meaning you won't lose. You take responsibility. It's a very dangerous thing. I take responsibility. It can blow up in my face. It won't blow up in your face. But I pressed the wrong button. So then God will make sure that you don't get the button you pushed. You push the right button. God will make sure that you get the right button. In other words, the result will be what God wants. Which is what you wanted, not the same thing. You wanted it to be the best, God will make sure that it's the best. That, I think, is the meaning of Bitachon. Because bitachon is not chesed from Hashem. Bitachan is not based on the fact that God is good, so He does nice things. Bitachon is based on that the world is a partnership, a foot God has taken us in as partners to the world. He created the world, and then appointed us to take care of it of ourselves, of our families, of our neighborhoods, and of the world. God asked us, demanded of us we take responsibility, and therefore gave us the guarantee that taking responsibility will work. How does it work? Let you get what you want. It works because things will turn out for the best in one way or another. That's the meaning of bitachon, And bitachon is a very important part of the Bittachon and understand it. Bacha is not about giving reward to mitzvah. There's You don't have to ask God to reward mitzvah. It, it's it, it, it's the nature of the world. It's nature. Of, it's it's in Yiddish. It's the Reward and punishment. You don't have to ask God to reward the righteous. Just, just as we didn't ask God to punish the to punish the the, the sinners. That wasn't what we did in the last week's bacha. But what we're asking for here is the fulfillment of midat HaBitachon. The Sachar Tov, the Chabemet. Tov, not Sachar, but Sachar Tov is what I described. Those who trust in you, Be'emet, those who have true faith in God, not optimism, not mindless uh, optimism, but true faith in God, those people will be guaranteed a Sachar Tov. The names mentioned in Miskfutsah, in the beginning of the B'chah, are not righteous people. Take Ziknei Amcha the leaders, also are the leaders, the people who arrange Torah, the leaders of Torah. I think the the also. It's a political role. People who are working for God, not people who are doing mitzvot only, but people who are working for God, they're the ones who need bitachon, and, and they're the ones who get bitachon. therefore Mishanum mitachon is Tzadikim. This explains, I think, why the Tzadikim, it's a funny expression, it's a very sad expression, the remnant of the original Sanhedrin. We understand that something has happened and we're, we're just hanging on by the string. And that's what bothers us so much. That the good guys, the side of God, isn't, isn't succeeding. We're not worried about the individual Sachar for a person. We're worried about the fact that the army of God, the Tzad, the, 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 the side of God, seems to be losing. We have plate There's no Sanhedrin. There's no Beit HaMikdash Those are the people who are saying, don't let them go uh, uh, without. The Lone We should not be disappointed, dejected for so we have had faith in you. And that also explains a very unusual group mentioned here. Truly extraordinary. Gevei Zedek. When do we ask for a reward for converts? Converts are either tzaddikim or they're not But Why are they a special category? The answer is because there's one group who has shown bitachon. They have thrown themselves on God's name. They've jumped off the cliff. That's the Gevei zedek. And therefore, it would be a terrible thing if they did not receive some sort of, of, of protection from God. And therefore, the lone nevosh, anachno, we also shalom nevosh, kiva Now we understand why this Baha is the power of the previous Baha. It's not about individuals. It's about the war. It's about the battle. It's about the conflict between the forces of good and the forces of evil. We want evil to be destroyed. We want the forces of good to succeed. To be able to fulfill the good, to make the good better from day to day. And that's the Baha of mish'an umiftach la Kol